Welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by and uh, ignore it. Look at the ones that came out on the exact same day. My name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in uh, in London. Um, we want to apologize ahead of time for the um, for the recording quality that we have here. Uh, you should blame Sam, my co-host. Well, let's take a minute. Blame the man maybe without internet. Well, look, if someone gets killed, um, do you blame them? What I'm trying to say is Sam uh, flagrant instant cancellation for today is Sam victim blaming me. Uh, The way I see it is if somebody kills you, do you blame the person that then takes like the loved ones of the deceased, takes them into the house and says, yeah, come in here, record a record a podcast in. Sam, no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Um, Sorry, guys. Um, Yeah, ignore that. Um, uh, What we actually do here is this is a podcast where we look at movies that came out on the exact same day. And um, the movies that we have today, interesting breed, very interesting breed. Um, We are venturing into uh, foreign language films for the first time on the podcast. So uh, we have two movies today. Uh, One is called, uh, and I want to get this correct, Eager. Mm -hmm. Eager. Eager, uh, a Bollywood joint that is actually fucking brilliant i'm gonna know my colors to the wall and then secondly uh, another movie that i actually also really enjoyed right called uh transit the 2012 transit um there's a few out there but the one that you want to look at is the one in 2012 for the podcast now sam this was sent in through a friend yeah so this was part of our five star review competition and uh somebody with very direct access has found these two movies and suggested we watch them uh and his name is comedian tim renkow uh go check out his show i think and i'm gonna be honest i was a little disheartened when you said you loved eager because i loved it as well and i sort of felt like we were going to disagree on that Mm. um and i also tim i know you're going to be listening at some point i feel like you've done this to try and fuck up the podcast uh but we both loved it. We both thought it was great. Oh, wait, you reckon Tim has on some fuckboy shit has actually recommended this with the idea that we'll both hate it and fall out. I, this, is, oh, this is the thing. If if you know Tim, you, you don't know. You just know he doesn't, he doesn't want, he, I know he doesn't want me to feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, I fucking love this movie. I think he was doing a uh, little bit of a Yoko Ono backfired. <laughs> yeah. What if Yoko Ono slept with Paul McCartney <laughs> and then John Lennon was like, yeah, I'm kind of into that shit. Like that's, yeah. this is what happened. All yeah, right. Fair yeah. play. Um, but really though, let's, let's get into the first movie eager. All right. So just briefly as quick as possible, run us through eager premise, not like beat for beat, just premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's three, there's three characters in this movie. There's uh Jani, Sudeep and Bindu, right? Mm. Jani is the like plucky young hero who's fallen in love with his neighbor, uh, Bindu. Um, and they're sort of courting. Sudeep is this wealthy uh, businessman. We don't know exactly what his business is. Property development comes into it later. Something like that. Um, basically, what happens is Sudeep takes a liking to Bindu uh, and is like, every woman falls for me. Um, but she obviously has the hots for Jani, Janie. Um, yes. The, the, the hero of the show. Um, Sudeep doesn't like that, so he kills him. 
Janie is then reborn as a fly, and the entire movie from that point, Act Two onwards, is Janie as a fly getting his revenge on Sudeep by <laughs> mildly irritating him to trying to kill him. This is, honestly, that is it. The guy, I, I watched this thing, around about minute 30, he kills uh, Jenny, and I was like, I literally said out loud, what? Because I was like, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. Everything that I know about movies tells me that this is impossible. He kills him in a very like hilarious way. Like he he takes off his shoe barefoot because he wants to feel the blood leave his body. And he puts his bare foot on him like Ken from Street Fighter and just <laughs> lets the soul drain out of his body. And then my man is real caught in it as a fly. And the the, the thing that's completely nuts, uh, Sam, is that up until that point, flies do not figure at all. <laughs> There's no indication that in the universe of this film, magic exists, mm-hmm. reincarnation exists. Um, there's nothing, it's not even like one of them sees a fly and he like swats it away, nothing. Yeah, yeah. It just happens to be a fly. Mm-hmm. Am I correct or did I miss something in the reading of that? There are so many things thrown up. I don't think a fly was ever there. Yeah, you're right, 100% right. There was no, there were seeds for smaller things, like uh, obviously there is a point where Sudeep goes absolutely mental, pulls out all of his guns and starts trying to shoot the fly. And I'm thinking, oh, this is ridiculous. How are you gonna shoot a fly? And then I remember the whole the whole intro was just him just being like the best shot in India. Pretty much. And also it, it's important to point out that there's a framing device, like even while the credits are rolling mm-hmm. uh, for the movie to start, there's a framing device where uh, a dad is telling this story to his child. Yeah. So from that perspective, you understand that it is a children's story, yeah. right? That being said, that framing device mm. never comes back. Yeah. <laughs> never comes back. Also, like, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll dip in it, and we're going to stay with this movie a little bit longer just because uh, shout-outs to Tim Renkar for trying to break up the podcast. Enemy <laughs> enemy of the podcast, <laughs> Tim Renkar. Um, the Newman to our Jerry Seinfeld. Um Thanks, thanks, thanks a lot. You're actually way more famous than us. So please don't don't kill us. Don't cancel us. I find Sudeep to be one of my favorite characters. It's great. Because Sudeep is also, if you you remember the framing of the story, he's the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. The father tells that, you know, tells us essentially that the hero of the story is Sudeep. And so when the movie starts, I'm thinking I'm watching a traditional action movie. Mm Like shot us, but with Indian people in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm th- so like he is like cool as fuck, and he like he speaks in a whisper, and he's like he's got the pattern down, mm-hmm. and he's like flirting with the girl at the at the shooting range. This, I'm just like this guy's the best guy yeah, yeah. ever, and um, the whole movie just completely turns on his head. This is what's great. This is it is what's great about this movie is, and I'm sure you find that we obviously we both before this we watched a lot of movies and obviously during this we've seen a fuck ton of movies is that you always find the predictable Hollywood formula of like oh I kind of know what's going to happen because of what they set up in act one I, you know not obviously not all the time but you're like oh he's going to die or this is the journey that's like set out in this film every step of the way I was like no 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 yes and it was because there were a couple of <laughs> I'm just going to bring it up there's one instant cancel for me for okay. this which is the way uh, Janie is trying to court Bindu. It right. So if you so they're neighbours, yeah. right at the top, 
he's looking from his roof in through her window they see each other he goes he crafts a, a some foil puts it on like a tv dish and makes a spotlight for her and she closes her windows and goes to bed right and his friend his flatmate comes out and is like what are you doing and he's like she loves it and his mate's like no she's just you shone a light on her she closed her windows and went to bed and he's like yeah because she's worried that if I stay out looking at her all night, I'll get cold and get ill. And I was like, that, in this instance, in this film, you you were right. But the way that he goes with, like, yeah. ignoring me is a sign. I understand that. Um, in defense of uh, Joni, uh, Bindu, fucking super horned up. She is so... <laughs> she she is the, the woman that loves it. She fucking loves it. Um, in fact, that's her kink is um ignoring this guy mm-hmm. um and stringing him along um and if it is true that this is and i'm giving it a generous reading mm-hmm. if this is true then uh he's one of the most perceptive motherfuckers <laughs> i have if because man you know we're all men of the world we've pursued women in a certain way uh-huh. um man for you to take that from that mm-hmm. is fucking nuts yeah for you that's like dog whistle shit like you can like like you can like hear like your emotional intelligence is off the charts at its most generous and at its most realistic it's like this guy's fucking creepy this guy is insane um but yes uh he he turns into a fly there's a couple of uh, really interesting montages that i that i enjoyed and i want us to be also clear here the turning into the fly, I'm not making fun of this movie at all because mm. I was thinking about it afterwards and it's like, this is no more, less outrageous than like Macbeth seeing a dagger yeah. or Hamlet seeing a ghost. This is just the story. Yeah. And um, once you kind of like turn your mind that way and, and accept it, because mm. the movie to its everlasting credit mm. never once winks at you. <laughs> it never once goes, this is, this is nuts, huh? <laughs> It plays it straight down the middle yeah. that this is a fly. Apart from the uh, Rocky training montage. Yeah, I, I, I read that as, I read it dead straight, dude. Really? I read that as a dead straight down the barrel, legit training montage. I laughed a lot through the... Okay, so let's talk about... Because there was a point, there was a point in this movie. So uh, once Janie figures out how to communicate to Bindu that he is the fly, that he is reincarnated they then team up and scheme together to try and take down Sudu. Uh, What I loved about this was the seed right at the beginning for her is that she's, uh, she works at this children's charity, raising money for schools and all this, but her side hustle is that she's a micro artist. Yes. Which I don't know if you remember, that was massive in 2012. Okay, there was just this massive phenomenon of people carving sculptures out of like pencil nibs, right? Sure. It's like a real thing. And the reason that she can do that is so that when he finally says, it's me, Janie, I'm the fly, it's too deep killed me, she can make these like super mech <laughs> Iron Man suits for the fly. So he's got goggles, he's got claws, he's lifting cotton buds to get hench so he can carry gunpowder across the country. Uh, and I was like, I did, for sure, I think this is funny. I think this is intentionally funny. But it was that moment where I, re- I was like, I, I'm i enjoying this a lot more than I enjoyed Ant-Man. Like, to, to be honest, I never even watched Ant-Man. Yeah. Um, and I'm never going to watch it. Never. If, if you're a fan of, what's his name? Not Jason Segel. Uh, yeah, if you're a fan of that, I'm sorry. Um, never going to watch that film. But uh, Ant-Man, like I said, it's like, <laughs> it's 
it's almost Shakespearean to be honest with you. Because what did I say? Ant-Man. Yeah, fuck Ant Man. <laughs> um, the Fly, um, Eager, is almost Shakespearean because there's uh, a weird thing also happens in this movie where, um, obviously Sudeep has no conscience because he, I mean, he he killed uh, Janie, Janie, but uh, with his bare toes. Yeah. Um, but then the Fly acts as a conscience and in a different movie in like a darker movie uh-huh. him killing uh Johnny and then slowly going insane or being driven insane by this fly yeah you can even make that reveal later yeah to be like so like he kills him and the next scene is just him being obsessed with this fly mm-hmm. and you know his life basically falls apart around him because he can't kill a fly. Yeah. And then it's the reveal. But like the movie is, is way more fun than that. The movie doesn't care about that. Yeah, man, this is this is the part of the movie that does that's like, okay. Um well, I get it as an action hero, but poor Bindu is now in love with a fly. Yeah. And she has to she t- at, at some point she goes to brunch with the fly and they have a cappuccino. <laughs> Um, and she's like, no, 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 it's the fly, it's cappuccino. And I was like, this is, if you were a fly, yeah. if you were Jenny, you know that you are burdening this woman <laughs> for the rest of her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she has to now care about you for the rest of her life. She is going to alienate everyone. Professionally, she's going to lose her job because people don't take her seriously. Yeah, yeah. Because she always has flies around her. People are going to get suspicious mm-hmm. and talk about her behind her back. And you are going to, you know, be defensive. And then you're going to try and, and, and basically bully people into into killing themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from that point in time, I actually think there is like an arc where he becomes a villain. Yeah. And um, you can even see it in the last scene. I think it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's turned this way. Because he, well, look, let's talk about what's happened. Um. This is actually really my um, instant uh, cancellation because right. of proportionality. Okay, yeah. Okay. Proportionality. Steven Seagal. In Steven Seagal movies, every action is is treated with extreme violence. You kick a dog, he breaks your windpipe. <laughs> you um, swear at a woman, he breaks your tibia. Like, <laughs> not proportional. Bad yeah. things, but not proportional. You almost killing the guy mm. on a road, crashing him into the side of the road barrier yeah. because he catcalled Bindu <laughs> is not proportional. <laughs> it's not a proportional response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a bad guy? Absolutely. <laughs> In that moment. In that mo- but you cannot then potentially leave his family without a son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> Um, but look, we should we should move on. We should move on. We've um, we discussed this a little bit longer than we normally did, just because uh, Sam and I both came to this movie kind of blind, and we didn't really have anything, um, you know, before we even saw it. But uh, the movie that we're actually here for today is a movie that came out in uh, 2012 called uh, Transit. Now there are several movies called Transit. One infinitely better that like that's like basically one of the best pictures of the last couple of years uh, that came out in 2018. Yeah, is this the Sean Penn one? It's not a Sean Penn one. It's a um, it's a German movie, right. uh, German movie called Transit by the same people who did Phoenix. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. 
It's not that. What we're here for is 2012's Transit starring the uh, Lord uh, himself, our saviour. Jim Cavaz Givers Jim Cavaz Jim Cavazil. Jim Cavazil? Is that my son? Jim Cavazil. He is uh, of course famous for playing Jesus in uh, Passion of the Christ. Oh my god. I've never seen it. We've talked about this. Because of the, mor- the moratorium on, on Mel Gibson on this podcast, which you know, we understand. Um yeah, he was the Lord himself in, in that one. He played Jesus. And to be sad, sadly, his career has not hit the highs yeah, since almost, then. It's almost like being the star in something that was originally performed as like a a, a theater piece to incite hatred against Jews doesn't do wonders for your career. Um, But sorry, so we we talk about transit here today. Um, Do you want to just give us a a quick summary of what happens in in transit in terms of what's the premise? Transit is a a comedy of errors without the comedy. It's just like a, like a, action thriller of misunderstandings but basically it's a family going on a a camping trip for a holiday and then four bank robbers who just pulled a heist so the bit is that to escape the the borders the police borders that they've set up these bank robbers stash the four million dollars they've just robbed in this family's camping car with the intent to go catch up with them past the border and retrieve their money yeah, so the family can pass the roadblock that's been set up. Uh, there's a bag in their car. Obviously, they get way through since they're a family. And the robbers get stopped by the police. Very fairly, in my opinion, because they are the most robberly looking robbers I have seen in a long time. And they get stopped by the police. And obviously, they get searched. But um, they have no uh, bag on them. They have no reason for them to be stopped, to be detained, I should say. And uh, they continue through, and then the idea is that they will then catch up with the family, with Jim Cavazil uh, yeah. and um, his and, and his family. And the twist is, is that Jim Cavazil has a bit of a past. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah, take it, take it, take this it. goes into my. I mean, this goes into like everything I hate about this movie okay. is that. So he created real estate fraud. He committed real estate fraud, and did eighteen months in jail. So. When he gets stopped for speeding because his car is chasing him, the the bank robber's car is chasing him, the police pull him over, he gets taken in, separated from his family, the family is staying in a motel, that's when the bank robbers try and break in, and this is why, right, just try and beat the shit out of the wife while the two kids are out walking around the motel, she locks herself in the bathroom, smashes a window, escapes, it's all good, and then... um, this is why. So the next conversation they have after this. So at this point, this man has been arrested. His wife has been beaten up by like proper dangerous criminals. And they get into the motel and he is hard pitching, still going camping. Every, the the, the mum and the oldest son are like, let's go home. Like, this is fucking crazy. And he's like, no, like, I need this. And I'm like, dude, your wife just got beaten up by like three bank robbers. Do you know what I mean? Like, just go home, innit? And then, yeah, ultimately they catch up with him. Um, She, sorry, the the wife, they, they have to pull over. The wife finds the bag of money, assumes that the husband has stolen it from these guys, kicks him out of the car and goes to turn around to go home. 
he's wading through the swamp but then of course the bank robbers catch up with the family they take the family hostage for a little bit jim says i'll take you to the money it just goes on and on and on and on the reason then my instant cancel yet is that he keeps saying that real estate fraud isn't that bad it's not like i was a drug dealer or something right he keeps he keeps making references to how drug dealers are like worse than him okay sam i want to stop you because i disagree with large parts of what you said um Here's what I can tell you. There's things that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Camping always an instant cancellation. Yeah. One of the worst things you can do with your life um, is for a break to relax, go be somewhere less comfortable. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Number two, Jim Caviezel, um, with his beautiful blue eyes. Um, I like this movie because it's so ridiculously small. There's 10 people in this max Mm -hmm. um the roads that they race on impossibly impossibly desolate Mm -hmm. um there's never any other cars ever um but there is something i like the kind of smallness it reminds me of like um the first mad max movie where it's like how cheap can you make a car chase movie look and for yeah and um I, I, I don't know. I, also, what I found interesting is flipping it around. Is starting the movie with the robbers makes it, um, it almost makes it like weirdly, like makes it like Home Alone. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you because you see the movie from their perspectives, but they're not the heroes. Yeah. So, and you just see them fumbling and, you know, getting that proverbial like uh, Home Alone treatment. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, this is interesting. It's different, and, and I, I, I agree with you. This is what it is. What it is, but I, I found it weirdly endearing. I found this movie weirdly endearing. I see. I found it. I found it like, I I felt like the underlying message of this uh, movie was like, what's a bit of like white collar crime? That doesn't. Why are we still worrying about that? It's these fucking people stealing to eat. We need to worry. About. It's because white collar crime is the lowest level of crime that you can have, so that his family doesn't trust him anymore. Because if he, so the, the, his family needs to be distrustful of him in order for that part of the movie to work, in order to be able to be tension within the family itself. Yeah. And the only thing that you can get. <laughs> That's kind of like, because if it's like tax evasion or what, maybe something like that. But like, if you actually make it a proper crime, then it's like, yeah, I just, it's the thing of like that impacting the character as being like, I'm not that bad. But in reality, it's like, yeah, for the dynamic of the family to work. Yeah. It needs to be like low, like what seems like low level, like white collar crime. Right. But in reality, I'm like, so who is it? this movie isn't for me then? Because I'm like, the the level, how much I would have to level up to be able to commit white collar crime is so far. And then this guy's saying I'm a piece of shit for having done drugs. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this fucking guy. Okay. Okay. Look, look, this is again, one of the funniest things that ever happened off screen. Does it just tell you like the world that Sam lives in? One of the funniest things that ever happened, we never, it's in the ether somewhere, is we were talking about, um, we were talking about gyms. We were talking about going to a gym and we watched the movie and then the the character goes to the gym and Sam says, oh, this looks like a fancy gym. He probably pays for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, because what you're telling me here, Sam, is not that 
that you have a problem with white collar crime <laughs> is that you do not see yourself in a suitable financial position <laughs> where you can commit it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just, yeah. and it's nuts to me, Sam. In a movie full of all alligators and people in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that you look at someone and go, yeah, but white collar crime though. How did he, how did he commit that? <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem, yeah, if he owned it, right? If he owned it, if he was like, yeah, look, man, I committed some white collar crime, but do you know what I mean? Some people sell drugs. I don't have access to drugs. I'd be like, you know what? Oh, all right. Okay. You know what you did. But it's like, do you, I wanted the dad to die for the whole fucking movie the way they come up with the idea to store the money is they just see the family going into the service station and going to the toilet, right? The leader sends Harold Perrineau to um, delay them in the toilet so they can make the switch, but insists that Harold leaves his gun. And he's like, I'm not going to kill him. He's like, give me the fucking gun. So he gives him the gun. And I'm like, you know what? He was going to kill him. And I think it was the right thing to do. To kill who? The family. To kill the whole family. To kill the whole family. So wait, you, you wait. So in your version of this movie, yeah. they murdered this family in broad daylight <laughs> at a very public um, truck stop. Yeah. In the toilet, though. In the toilet. Do it in the. Do it in the toilet. Okay. Don't. Not broad daylight. All right. So Sam, not only can you not be a white collar criminal, you can't be whatever the opposite of that is either. <laughs> Law-abiding citizen. Um, it honestly feels like, is this podcast just an alibi <laughs> for you? Yeah. Because if it is, that you've done a good job. Um, I think we have to head into categories because I, 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 can t- I can't tell you what happens. What happens is uh, they get the money back. Um, there's a big confrontation in the final third. Um, everyone dies, mm. but the family. But guys, it's time to get into categories. Boom. <laughs> Categories. Um, look, uh, we have categories on this podcast. Um, you know, you might think there's no structure here. There's structure in this motherfucker. We're good with it. You know, we do things at the same time at different times. Um, you know, we know what we're doing. Um, so our categories are how we compare these films. Um, and the first category usually is the instant cancellation. I think both of us have given the instant cancellation. Uh, for me, it's um, the fly trying to murder someone for catcalling, yeah. which I think is too far. Uh-huh. I think it's too far. Do, uh, do, do you want to remind us of yours? Uh, it's a middle-class family burning $4 million and acting like that's the heroic thing to do. And just the whole fucking movie. Stop, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, what about the weirdly woke moment? What about the moment in this movie where you're like, hmm, this movie came out 2012, but that is weirdly woke. Um, have you got one? Um, I would have to go for the fly. Um, the, I think the weirdly woke moment is actually Bindu taking an active participation in the um, in the revenge plot because there is a way that this movie goes where she is just she stays like a damsel in distress. But once, again, shout outs to her for just accepting that he is a fly. (laughs) The worst moment in any movie for me is the moment when the characters have to accept the premise when I've already accepted it. Mm -hmm. Because that's just dead time to me. It's like, I don't care. But this movie doesn't bother with that. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as he is a fly and 
he basically spells out that he is uh, who he is. She's just like, cool, I'm good with that. She doesn't question her own sanity, nothing. And then she takes an active role in it. Yes. She's actively trying to kill your man. She's yeah. actively trying to murder another human being. Helping a fly do that. That's nuts to me. And also kind of weirdly... Freaky Friday. So if you had to swap... If you had to swap characters mm-hmm. in this movie, who are you swapping and why? I'm swapping the fly and the dad, right? So Janie is going straight in to transit. Uh, I also... And this for me is an improvement because I feel like if Janie, if the fly was in the father position of transit, it'd be a shorter movie. I think it would last maybe 45 minutes before he'd kill. This movie's like 88 minutes long already. I can't believe it's so short. This is one of those ones where, did you ever see Jumper? With Hayden Christensen and Samuel L. Jackson. And it was like an hour 18 and the credits were like real slow because it just took just to bump it over feature length. Mm. That's what I wanted from this film. I wanted I wanted tops 58 minutes and then 20 to 30 minutes of credits. But okay, so let's just be clear here. Your dislike of transit mm. is based in this moral position that you've taken. <laughs> that yeah. that they which is yeah, as long as you can defend it, it's fine. Yeah. Is that these people have committed white-collar crime. And as such, see themselves as above people who commit other crimes. That's your... Because you haven't, like, even... To be fair, from, like, a filmmaking perspective, yeah. you haven't yeah. even gone, like, oh, I don't know, I don't like this characterization. You're just, like, this fucking guy. So... Fucking defrauded people at Foxton's or whatever. Yeah. That's the seat. That's, like, my... Like, of my thing, scene one, act one, is that that's what fucks it up. That's what ties everything together. But yeah, the leader of the gang also gets stopped by police, gets pulled over. They find a police scanner. He's like, what are you doing with this? And he's like, is it illegal? I'm like, bro, you just robbed $4 million. You're telling me, like, for three minutes you can't fake it at a police border and just be like, oh, yeah, no, I just like listening to truckers. Well, yeah, I also have to understand, they are, again, the most robbery-looking robbers I have seen. Yeah. They drive a fucking uh, uh, robbery-esque, was that like a Camaro? Like, what is yeah. that? It's, yeah, it's like a Camaro had a baby with Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah just flaring nostrils out the ayush. And then also, okay, and then the little Twilight bank robber, the driver, for no reason at the end when the, fa- you know, the dad is trying to kill what's left of the robbers, um, he fucking, ki- the, the father kills the Twilight kid and then the leader is coming up with a machete behind him and the kid just goes, "What's your back?" Oh yeah, oh, do you, I think it was quite nice actually, because he was like, "Oh, this guy's dying. And he's gonna go. He wants to have one little grace note before he before he dies." That's fucking stupid, man. That's <laughs> the. It's also what was it? You said something. Oh, you pulled a Roger Ebert quote on one. Traces of Red, right? This mm. is the film that only works if the killer is in cahoots with the screenwriter. Mm. This film felt like even the family dynamic only works if they're in cahoots with the screenwriter. I felt like none of this was natural. The dialogue was awful. It looked so bad. I hated every character. The only character I wanted to get away with was Harold Perrineau. And he is the, he's supposed to be the side villain. Yeah, also, I, I love the... I wanted to say um, I'm a fan of the kind of hilariously diverse um, bank robber crew because to me it felt like this guy had assembled crews before yeah. and then like a hashtag was like, oh, wow, we need more diversity in all of our crews. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, yeah. so you got, you got uh, he's got his girlfriends in there 
Harold Perrineau's in there, which I don't buy just because I don't believe that they cross in the same circles uh, criminally. And then uh, young fucking... Um, I thought this was uh, Timothy Shamamalay-looking motherfucker <laughs> was uh, was the driver, and he was just a sensitive soul. He's a sensitive soul. Um, but look, I I disagree with you. Like I said, I I found like the um, I like the kind of back and forth with the with the bag and f- trying to see how are they going to figure this out. How are we getting out of this? Is this fucking ten stars? gonna be an oscar winner absolutely not but like i said the stakes for a movie with four million in it mm. so small the movie doesn't even have extras yeah doesn't even have extras um the final category that we have is if you could turn this movie 10 degrees to the left mm. what kind of movie would you turn it into genre blender mm. so if you get a genre blend either one of these guys what are you doing well, oh yeah okay right so this is the thing for eager the fly Mackie. Yeah. This movie is already three movies because I was like, this is, um, it's the fl- it's Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, right? Mm-hmm. Guy turns into Fly, has to do Fly stuff. Uh, it's um, it's Rocky, right? This whole training montage to beat the big boss. And it's th- there is shit from Rocky in that montage. And it's The Witches. You know, Roald Dahl's The Witches. Yeah. And it's, you know what I mean? It's a, another, like, yeah, transformed yeah, yeah. into something and then stays as that thing. You're right, there's like a David Cronenberg kind of like body horror uh, element to it. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it, Sam. I think we're running out of stuff to say. Um, but you know what? That's it for us uh, for this week. We actually really have next week lined up, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. So um, we have Dances with Wolves, uh, which I've already seen. And I saw the extended four-hour version because I don't have internet in my house. Right. Had it on DVD. Yeah. But we'll talk about this next week, um, along with a movie called The Craze, like the Cray Twins. You know, you know the ones. Yeah. And um, that will be the movies next week. So yeah, definitely tune in and uh, watch those ahead of time if you want, or like you know, just bit by bit roots style. <laughs> <laughs> watch Dances with Wolves as a mini series, because <laughs> you could also do that. Um, but yeah, anything else, Sam? No, that's it. Just stay safe. Uh, stay safe. Shout out to Tim Renka for trying to ruin the podcast and not doing it. Enemy of the enemy of the pod, <laughs> Tim Renko. But um, yeah, shout out to him for uh, for suggesting this. And then I think uh, there's one more spot up for grab. So if you send us a review, uh, you screenshot it, send it to either Sam or I at at uh, Sam J Golan or at Lincoln on the mic on Instagram, then we can uh, actually give you a chance to pick the movie. So yeah, and uh, we're very generous with it, as you can see. Uh, we're very liberal open door policy on this podcast so um, yeah send those guys in and uh, do subscribe like if you get a chance and uh, until next time bye peace